Hello, I have the lovely Guy Gardner with me again, <laughs> coming back for another round. So before we start, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi. Well, it's nice to be back and say hello again. Um, well, about a year, isn't it? Something like that. Um, so I'm Guy Gardner, writer, um, sometime musician. Well, no, musician quite a lot, actually, at the moment. Um, teach a little bit of piano. And I try and fit writing all sort of around that, you know, which is really cool. I really like doing it. It's quite a nice, calming thing. <laughs> um, I've written one book, which I guess we'll talk about in a minute. I've got a sort of another one coming out a bit later. Um, and, yeah, just um, trying to get on and be a bit artistic, really. Um, yeah, so we spoke last March um, and you were suffering with COVID and you had loads of other stuff going on. So hopefully, uh, I apologise in advance if I ask you questions again, but I can't remember. That's all right. <laughs> and you probably won't either. So. But I probably won't answer the ones you ask. So. <laughs> no, well, you will, because I'll just keep asking you until you give in. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> um, and then obviously, um, we kind of accidentally became best friends. So that was nice. And you came to my event in Brighton, which was awesome. And then didn't answer the questions that I asked you, so that was fun. No, but I did but... really enjoy it. And I liked um, talking about random stuff um, to annoy you. So <laughs> You <laughs> realise that you're going to pay for that now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I realised my massive error uh, far <laughs> too late. <laughs> Good, that's fine. As long as you know, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously in that year, apart from becoming friends with me, quite a lot of cool stuff has happened to you and your fortunes have changed. Um, so do you want to start off by telling everyone about what's happened to you in the last year? Yeah, OK. Well, so I think when we spoke, I had one book out, uh, The Mirror Game, which I'm going to talk about. I may even reveal more of the plot in a minute. Um, and... Um, I was sort of in the process of writing. Um, I was editing one book. I've, I've been quite busy. I sort of um, tried to kind of do a really condensed, like, big write. So I tried to get as much as possible. So I sort of essentially had two more novels, which which were pretty near completion, I think, when we spoke. Um, and I had COVID, and I was trying to sort of edit one <laughs> in my sort of delirium and, and coughing. Um, so the, the Mirror Game was out for a while. Um, and it was, it was cool. It got some really good reviews and it was difficult to know what to do sort of next. Um, it didn't look like the publishers were going to sort of do a lot. And it's sort of say it came to a standstill, but, um, I, you know, I had these novels, I didn't have anything to do with them. And then I sort of sent, I started sending out one of them and got quite a lot of rejections and you know it's, it's sort of got to the point where um I began to think well this is sort of it you know I've done one book you know it's cool um you know that, that's it sort of time to move on uh, okay I was on the point of giving up all right <laughs> um and um I think you suggested quite possibly um like almost like one last publisher like last ditch attempt um and I sent my novel to them, and they really liked it, and and that that sort of changed things. And they um 
you know, after having had all these rejections, and it is really tough. And, and it's like everyone says it, you know, you always read from like top writers all the way down. You know, writing's about rejection. And when you're sort of writing, you go, yeah, 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 it's about, I, I know that, I'm prepared for that. But actually you're not, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's really tough, you know, and it's the very nature of how many, it's not the fault of agents and publishers, no matter how many, they get so many manuscripts, they can't, you know, give detailed feedback. Uh, so you tend to get, it's no from us, you know, uh, best of luck, but no, you know, and, and, and you get that over and over and over. Um, and then, um, yeah, the, 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 the lovely Caroline at City Stone went, I really like it. <laughs> and I couldn't quite believe it, you know, and then we had a meeting and, um, yeah, she really did like it. And um, it's in the system at the moment, you know, she's sort of um, really got some good stuff going on. She's got some great writers um, that sort of signed up. And um, so that's all happening. And she's also um, re- uh, what, what's the doing second edition? I don't know what the proper term is of, of the Mirror Game um, edition two. Um, so they've taken that on as well, which is really nice. Um, so that's going to sort of keep going, um, which I'm really pleased about because um, I've got. I, th I think your first book, yeah, you, you probably become a better writer, but I think you have a sort of soft spot for it. You know, it's not the first thing. And, um, so I'm really glad about that, and and it might be that something else happens with that as well. Um, as it's a detective story, see how I'm gradually, you know, like, like putting little threads of what it's about. <laughs> it's good. So I'm a pro now. I'm a pro. So much better. <laughs> um, but because it is a detective story and the time it's set in 1925, um, it, it's, I'd quite like to expand on it. You know, I'd quite like to do another one. I thought it'd be really cool. Um, I really love the characters. Um, so yeah, so it's sort of all systems go really, you know, there's sort of things in the pipeline and, um, it, it's great. I'm, I'm really happy, you know, and, and I'd say to anyone in the position, you, you, you do have to, as you said, you have to keep sending things out and, um, you know, don't, don't, don't it sort of sounds a bit of a cliche, but don't give up, you know, you just have to keep, because there is definitely someone out there. If you've worked on your book and you polished it and had other people read it, um, so, sort of people that are going to be a bit harsh, maybe not not just family and friends. And there's so many opportunities to do that now, beta readers and people are quite happy to do that sort of stuff. You know, you polish it up and you just keep going, keep going. And then it does, it'll happen, you know. And even if it doesn't happen with that book, then you have to write another one <laughs> to do that. You know? um, so it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's really good fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And from a personal point of view as your friend it's been lovely watching you grow um from last year you know you've came up to Brighton and done my panel and then you're attending other events you're getting involved in the community um and it's it's really really nice to see and it's like from the the like not mess you were necessarily <laughs> to to where you've come now and your confidence has grown as well and it's just awesome like you know it it's really <clears throat> really cool to see you finally be an author. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it, well, no, that's really nice. And, and it's definitely, that's been another really big thing is I think when we first met, uh, well, you, you were on the blog tour, weren't you? So, so I hadn't really had any experience with being in a community um, of writers and you know people in the same position. It makes such a difference because obviously by another cliche writing is a lonely thing but it is you know you're, you're on your own making up a world so you can't really be with other people 
Um, and um, but it's really nice to be able to then share with other people that are doing the same thing. Um, you suddenly find, oh yeah, yeah, I, I've had that, I felt like that, um, and, and you egg each other on. <laughs> um, as you've seen on Facebook with the horrendous pun off that we've had <laughs> the last couple of days. <laughs> but um, that side, and there's so many people that are caught up in it that you thought were really nice. And, you know, no, they're, they're doing the puns as well. Um, yeah, Deb Day, I'm disappointed in you. Just so, just so she knows. Yeah, you think you know someone? No, you know, no, Trevor. It, you're a law unto yourselves, but Deb. <laughs> well, so. you know, what what can I say? You know? <laughs> but no, it, it is really that that aside. It, it has been great, and it's, it is really nice. You know, you kind of feel like you're on the same boat. You know, and it, it's I never realised. I, I, I sort of thought it would be, I never realised how nice the writing community is with bloggers and people that are into books and writers. Um, it, it's a really lovely thing to be involved in, actually. You know, that, that's been one of the biggest things. Really nice. Yeah, I believe uh, I might have told you this. I might have nagged you about joining certain groups that you insisted you were part of and you weren't. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, you did Told you that you were on a panel at Brighton and gave you no choice. Yeah, and then you yeah. Uh, got talking to other authors. Yeah, just you know, just giving you little gentle nudges. Yeah, very very subtle hints. <laughs> no, not nothing. I mean, almost indiscernible, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think me and subtle would ever be described together. So that's fine. No, no. <laughs> if I have to slap you around the face with a fish and tell you to do as you damn well told, I would. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the feeling that came from it. That was exactly it. Bang! Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, and the mirror game, which was your first book, would you like to tell everyone more about it than the year it was set in? <laughs> Very good. You could resist that, could you? No. Um, you had to. Well, you had to expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to explain my book actually. Um, so, it's set in nineteen twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, the character in it, Harry Lark, it's, it's set after there was a funny period where the First World War ended um, and no one knew, you know, what, what had happened because up to that point, that there hadn't been a world war and everyone assumed humanity would progress and progress and progress. Science would sort of penetrate all these mysteries. Um, then we had a world war and it was like, Jesus, you know, it's things can get pretty dark. And so there's like quite a dark time after that where people almost expected, you know, something really bad to happen. Of course, it did. It went through the sort of Second World War. Um, but, yeah, it was a funny time in that. And um, he, so, so our main character, he comes back from the First World War. He was a, a he's like um, a journalist. He's sort of very disillusioned. Um, he got injured, um, so he has a little bit of a problem with Lordnum. He's, he's not—he's not exactly a sort of knight in shining armour. Um, he sort of struggles really, and he's kind of doing this journalism job, writing about high society. And he doesn't really sort of like it. Um, and then his benefactor, who's a good friend, um, sees this man in a cafe who's supposed to have died. Um, this man from the British Army who's supposed to have died in the trenches, and. She's sitting in this cafe one day and she sees him and, and there's no explanation at all. He looks like he's been living rough. 
um, and he disappears before she can talk to him. And this sort of sets the case going. It's like, how, how did this man who died in the trenches? He's reappeared. Um, and then he appears again a few months later, but he's quite well dressed. Um, you know, he starts making these sort of inroads into society and it's like, well, what's sort of happened to him? And this becomes essentially what the case is about. And, and Harry struggles the entire time with what's happened to this person, you know, how they sort of reappeared um, and his own sort of problems. And he also starts to fall in love with this person's fiance as well, just to complicate things further. Um and um, the story's about that. So, so the mystery, I suppose, weirdly, it's uh, rather than a murder, it's actually reappearance of someone sort of thought dead, you know, which, um, and um, the plot uncovers. Um, and yeah, he doesn't prove to be quite what he seems in the end. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we spoke last time about why you sort of chose to write in that time period. Um, and then... Um, you mentioned the other novels, which are also historical. Um, so do you want to talk about them? Uh, what ones I've written or ones I've... Um, yeah. Okay. Why we're so, here, <laughs> sorry? It's kind of why we're here to talk about you. <laughs> okay, fine, yeah. Um, so, well, again, oddly, I, I never started off thinking of... I don't, I, don't know, I don't think of myself as a historical writer, but I like writing things set against that backdrop. I find it really interesting. And the lack of technology and, and the fact that technology, a lot of technology was in its infancy. Um, it's just really cool. Um, so the next one I wrote, okay, let's see. So then the next one, um, provisionally um, titled India, is about um, a young lad. It starts off, he's sort of on the barges in, in Norfolk. Um, this is set in 1890, I should say, um, just because I like to get the setting out of the way, you know. <laughs> um so th this lad, he's he's partly Indian, he's partly Indian, partly British. He's living with his mother on these barges, um, and it, it's it, it's a good life, but it's quite a sort of poor life. Um, and unfortunately, this event sort of happens that it, it's sort of so bad that they have to kind of leave. They go to London um, to try and make their way in the world. Um, Again, the, the, the poverty is a sort of real issue. Um, they struggle to make ends meet and eventually fall into this sort of criminal underworld, uh, which seems very appealing um, because the, the, the sort of the guy at the top, um, they live in a house, which is really nice. Um, so he learns this lad, Sebi, he learns all these skills um, and begins to think, well, why not? You know, it, it's like all these rich people that they're sort of doing their thing. You know, why can't we have some of this? But in the midst of all this, um, his mother disappears. And there's no uh, rhyme or reason why she should. She just does. Um, so this sets him on a different path. Um, he, he sort of tries to get away from that world, which he struggles with. Um, he's sort of pursued by various people that don't want him to leave. Um, and, and he has to solve this mystery of why she's disappeared. And this takes him across. He's quite young, bearing in mind. He's sort of about 12. Um, the, this takes him across, eventually across the continents to India um, and to sort of uncover things about his own family and um, what sort of what happened to his mother? You know, it's his sort of driving force. And during all this, um, he, he it takes years, and eventually, all these things before him. He eventually, becomes a man through this. You know, so it's really 
a story about a boy becoming a man in a very difficult time. Um, a lot of poverty. Um, obviously, in India, you had the British Raj. It was absolutely horrendous um, the way they treated Indian people. He doesn't fit in um, because, you know, he's obviously sort of, sort of partly Indian. Um, so he tries to sort of uncover a bit more about who he is during this process. Um, and all the while, the driving thing is this mystery of, of what happened to his mother and, and where she is. And this is the one that's being published by City Stone as well. Yeah. Yeah, this is coming out. Um, we're not quite sure yet. Um, let's say they're redoing the Mirror Game, um, publishing that. Um, so it, it'll be a bit later in the year, um, sort of September onwards, sometime like that. Um, okay, so with the Mirror Game, um, have you ever thought about it being made into a film? And if you have, which character would you play? Ah, well, I have thought about it made into a film um, because, well, I mean, it would be awesome, wouldn't it? You know, who, who doesn't want to see their book mm -hmm. made into a film? Um, well, I'd, I'd like to play, obviously, the main, the lead, the, you know, the hero, but I'm probably a bit old, <laughs> unfortunately. I suppose I shaved the beard off. but um, So I think I'd probably like to play um, Bob, who's um, the kind of retired policeman um so i maybe have to age myself which would be cool um but but you know he's kind of quite street rise he's good in a fight you know he knows what's going on. all the things i'm not basically um but that's what <laughs> I, I think would make it... comment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what would make it a challenge i think you know he's very smart he's good at crosswords um he's gonna really raise a sharp mind so yes none, none of those things you know, <laughs> <laughs> applied to me, but I think it would be great. I'd really like the challenge of doing that. Uh, did you hide any secret jokes, messages, or Easter eggs in your books? Ah, um, I was trying to think. No, I, I well, no, I didn't. I used um, referenced Bob is actually someone I knew when I was young. Um, so my, my my dad and him were basically best friends. Um, so there's a little bit, but it would only be people that knew us. Um, but he wears this flat cap, you know, um, which the actual real-life Bob used to do. So there's sort of things like that, little references, um, which someone that, that, that his um, daughter, who sort of we grew up together, um, she sort of read it and she sort of said, that's my dad, you know. But, um, so that was cool. I was quite glad she got that. Um, other than that, um, no, no secrets or... Um, you know, secret codes or anything. No, sorry. Should should I? Do I need to do that in my next book? No. I just, some authors do, some authors don't. And I just think it's cool when they do. But, yeah. you know, it's not something you have to do. Just, I think some people do it subconsciously. Um, Jane, that we're talking about, puts references um, to the music that she likes and stuff. So. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, just, and sometimes, yeah, just subconsciously you know um adding little little details in and yeah. you know sometimes conversations that you've had in real life and or little um instances that have happened but i just think it's fun yeah yeah i, I there's one i have with harry lark's surname um i i i sort of like the name it seemed fitting but there is a piece written around that time called the lark ascending um so i got actually i got the name it's a really beautiful piece of music um written um but there's larks sort of flying into the sky it's like a violin piece um 
and um, it is kind of I did think of that actually when I thought of his name. So that is one thing, yeah, Marcus Tenby. That's where I got the name. And how did you choose your character names? Oh, uh, it's well, some I come up with. Um, uh, it, it's really hard. It, it, you think it would be hard. So what's hard about? But it's, but it's like having those names is so important. Um, so sometimes I come up with one like Harry Lark. I did come up with because I like the rhythm of it. Uh, Harry Lark. Um, I came up with Frederico Carlyle. I sort of like again. It, it seemed like a nice sort of sophisticated name. So I did make that one up. Um, and then other ones, I basically look at end credits of TV and take a surname. And I think that's quite, I, th I thought it was quite clever doing that, but I've since found that a lot of people do it. Um, but like a first name from somewhere, a surname from somewhere else. And it, it keeps it, if you don't do that, it's surprising. You tend to have, it's like we were talking about like rhythmic patterns. You, you tend to pick certain things, rhythms you like. So if you're not careful, the names can be very similar. So that, that's that's one way I do to sort of switch it up, you know. And then you've got you you've got names that you know just sort of a bit more a bit more realistic. Uh do you think that your musical background makes you want to write rhythmically? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think it's um I'm aware of it and I'm I'm aware of it in dialogue as well. Um I really sort of try and I, I like it's it's one of the things I really enjoy when two characters get into an argument or they're discussing something, and and I, I'm not a planner um, when I write, so I kind of I'm like enjoying it, you know, when it's happening and just writing it down. Um, but it's very it gets very rhythmic, you know. They say something, this is the response, um, and, and like leaving silences and pauses um, because because that's the thing a conversation like it, it is that. I guess we're doing an interview, so I'm blabbering on a bit while you're listening. But, like, if, you know, the more we were chatting, there'd be, like, interruptions, a pause. And, and I think those things really make dialogue stand out. And, and if you read, I it's a really good example of that. I guess any good writer is, but um, maybe Stephen King. But, but, but it's, yeah, those little hesitations. Like, you know, someone's going to say something and they don't. Um, I like all that. You know, so and, and then that's definitely I hear that in a musical way, as sort of rhythmic of, of the language, I think. <laughs> um, I hear a lot, um, especially when asked for advice, a lot of people say if you want to be a writer, um, you need to read a lot, but it doesn't yeah. sound like you get much time to read. So do are you a big reader? I, I am. <laughs> um I don't at the moment, no, it's it's true. Um but when I I, I mean, I've been writing for a long time on and off, right? I started like 2006, maybe. And I'm, I will never disclose the book that I wrote because it was absolutely awful. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, well, <laughs> still don't, but maybe slightly more. Um, but but when I sort of took a bit more seriously, I, I got that bit of, I read that great Stephen King book um, on writing. And um, yeah, he says, read a lot. It's, it's all you need to do. And um I thought, okay, well, he knows what he's doing. That's Stephen King, you know. Um, I better follow that. And so at that point, um, I think the kids weren't going to school there. So 
we didn't have to be up quite so early. So I read a ton. I really did. I read every morning. I read at night. And it is absolutely the number one thing. You can do, I mean, there's so many great courses. All that is brilliant. Um, absolutely. You know, but um, the one thing that you can't not do is, is read because you don't know what you're doing. And I've seen it in music, you know, all the time. People go, oh, I don't listen to that. You know, I, I just play my own thing. And, and it's, you can't because language doesn't develop in isolation. You know, that's the bottom line, I think. So, yeah, I read and read and read and read, and, and it was the best thing. It really improved my writing. Um, and you say, oh, that, that's how that person does it. And, and, and people worry about, um, oh, I might sound like so-and-so, but you don't. You know, unless you make an absolutely conscious attempt to copy someone's style, you will never sound like them because you won't think of the same things at the same time. You won't approach a scene the same way. So what you do get is that sort of like... I don't know, you know, like sort of ability to kind of use words better and you see how they do it, you think, oh, it's pretty cool, you know. Um, so, yeah, so, but I did read a lot and, and now I just try and read in chunks when I can. <laughs> yeah. And sitting where you are now with what you've got behind you, if you were to advise someone starting out, would that be your advice or would you say something else? No, I, th I think, you know, to just keep keep reading you're just going to keep doing it and keep writing that's the other thing um people say i'm not a writer because i'm not writing um but that's not true because you're thinking about the story and in fact i think the writing goes on before you even put your fingers on the keyboard um because you're not you're not just that's not when it's happening is it it's not just you put your, key, your fingers on the keyboard and these words are coming out it is coming from what's happened throughout the day. So it's like, for me, I do a lot of driving. So I think about things then. Um, so I think that, that that is the actual writing process. And then the end bit, you know, as you put your finger on the keyboard, you try and get some of that down. Um, so it's, it's don't sort of think you're not a writer if you're not writing a keyboard. Because that's what people do. And then they beat themselves up and give up. And I know that because I've done that. Um, I'm not writing and it's all wasted time but, but you are all you need to do is open yourself to the world um that you're creating and start looking around and then you know you can make notes um do all that sort of stuff um and then the end thing is you, is you actually you know at some point you've obviously got to get your fingers on the <laughs> keyboard and get some of that down but but that that's not the only bit and i think that's that's the advice i would give you know you're, you're writing every time you're thinking about the character every time you're looking at that world and that can be any time making a cup of tea, you know, driving in the car, whatever, you know, so you can write all the time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did you change your view from I've written a book to I'm an author? Well, I think getting published, I, I mean, yeah, I think when I got published, I thought, is that a thing of someone likes it enough to take it to another step, you know, take it to another level? So I think I definitely thought that, when those things started happening, um, it gets a bit more real, you know, and, and I think, but de definitely being signed to this publisher, um, because they're so nice, City Stone, Caroline's great, and um, they, they really make you feel at home like it's a sort of family. Um, and then, yeah, you think, yeah, you know, I, I sort of deserve this, you know, I've got a place in this. And, um, 
So I think before that, I felt like a writer, definitely people writing, do my book and everything. Um, but yeah, then once, you know, other people, I think just getting other people involved as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. I think probably even before getting published, it's people reading a book as well. It's like when you've written it and no one else has set eyes on it, um, no one knows, do they? You know, but I think once other people start looking at it, reading it, yeah, then, then you start feeling, yeah, this is a bit weird. Even sending off to agent, that's another thing, because you're still now, you've made a decision. You must believe, the, the bottom line, you've got to believe that your work's worth it if you're sending it to agents or you wouldn't bother. So I think that that point, yeah, I'd say even before actually being published, that point when I started sending out, you know, info to agents and thought, yeah, this is sort of a bit real now. Other people are actually going to read this. And then whether or not you get rejected is almost like neither here nor there. You're you're doing it. You're in the system. <laughs> you know you're, you're you're trying to put your stuff out. And yeah, no, I, I felt pretty serious then. <laughs> whether you get rejected is neither here nor there, really. <laughs> oh, I mean they're just you know I was fine about it. Yeah. <laughs> just you know water off a duck's back, I would say. Yeah, well, I did yeah. have little nervous breakdowns every time at all. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, those. But other than that, you know, yeah, let's keep keep going. You know, I didn't never thought of giving up. No, 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 not at all. No, I didn't have to literally force you to apply to different publishers. Oh no. <laughs> and tell you that's what I was doing because you were like, hmm? "Why do you keep tagging me in all these publishers? What's you doing? <laughs> you need to submit to them, you knob." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the thing, wasn't it? That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. We got there in the end. We got there in the end, didn't we? Um, I think I asked you last time which author you would uh, most like to spend a day with. Oh yeah, um, but there is so many. It, it, I think everyone, everyone must say Stephen King. Um. But I do. I think he's really interesting. Every time I've seen him interviewed, I just think he's really fucking really interesting to talk to. So um, I know that's probably. Uh, do, do loads of people say that, or is that just yeah? Um, it would be uh, my answer as well. Yeah, it, it's just I just like his whole. Like he always wears jeans and a t-shirt, so he's interviewed at like you know Berkeley or something, and he's just wearing jeans and a t-shirt and. Uh, he just rocks up. <laughs> it's like he's so good, you know, that nothing else matters. You know, like I wore this for this interview. You know, I'm like, I don't want to wear jeans and a t-shirt. I'm trying to be smart, you know. But you get to that point where, you know, you got PJs like, on in the bottom half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, massive <laughs> slippers. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think he's great. He's really funny, um, and um, he, yeah, he'd always be. Um, I quite like him. Um, who's the guy that wrote The Game of Thrones? George R. R. Martin. I think he'd be pretty cool. And I've seen the two of them interviewed together. They're really funny. Um, so i uh, probably hang out with the two of them. I'd imagine there'd well, probably be quite a lot of trouble. But... Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, are you attending any of the book festivals this summer? that I have to tell you about because you've never heard of any of them. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, I don't know anything. Um, what am I doing? Um, the Bristol one. Um, going to that one. 
Crime Fest, yeah. <laughs> That's the one, yeah, Crime Fest. Now you've got um, your ticket. <laughs> I, I, I seem to remember we have another Brighton one, is that right? Yeah, there's another one before that as well. Yes, there's uh, Tales on Trent. Um, I, I know them all, I've got them all, it's all in here, you know, it's after, well, it's telling me to access the information, but um yeah so you yeah, guys don't know what are we doing again when are we going <laughs> yeah if you just tell me that though yeah that'd be great if you could just be my pa <laughs> i do are you and, saying um, that yeah. like i don't already do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then that was obviously with, with trevor and um where we'll have to dress up in some kind of elaborate fancy dress now because we've been so daft and uh, you've only got yourself to blame yeah yeah you and yeah. trevor have only got yourself to blame yeah, I'm looking. Even as we speak, I'm, I'm shopping for, uh, you know, um, brogues, leopard skin brogues to wear. I'll buy you something for your birthday. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, this is Trevor Belshaw for anyone that's wondering. And if you want a laugh, if you like puns, and look on their Facebook pages, and it's <sighs> Pun City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know if laughter. Well, I mean, we found it funny. I don't know, uh, you know if that translates. You know, but um, it's like two I, little boys having fun together. <laughs> it's cool, but but on on that note, no, that is what's really nice about this. You know, is I never met Trevor. You know, we never met each other, but it, it's like we have a real laugh, and obviously we will meet, and then it's going to be carnage. Um, you know, but um, but I, I love that. You know, I think that's a really special thing. I'm not sure where else you get that, um, but it's such a nice community. You know, it's a lovely part of it. Yeah, I know you're bloody dragging others into it as well. Yeah, well, I started Alan Meredith. I put up on mine. I was I recently branched into a zombie novel. I wrote it, but it really stank, um, and that started a whole pun off with Alan about um, vampires. Um, I told him I staked out all the shops, that sort of thing, you know. I know. I know. He found it a draining experience writing vampire novels. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, just want to give you a flavour, you know, when people, you know, go, come, we must find out what Guy and Trevor and now Alan and Deb and, you know. Um, Other Alan. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andy Hill, he's involved in it now. Um yeah, those guys sound great. We must check them out. Uh, you've got a flavour of that now. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've said, obviously, that about 100 times that the Mirror Game set in 1925. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously your other book's historical. Would you consider writing a modern book? Um, no, I would definitely. Um, the, I, so what, what I kind of like when I write is some weird mystery that, that doesn't quite fit. Right, so, so the mirror game is a reappearance, um, you know, not, not disappearance. Uh, I found that really interesting. Um, the, um, with, with, uh, with India, you know, again, it's a sort of disappearance, but it's about this, I can't remember, I can't remember too much, as, but, you know, this lad becoming a man during this huge sort of journey. So I try and do... You know, I just find anything I find really interesting and quirky. So I don't actually mind the time it's set, but I seem to veer, you know, to some historical element somewhere, um, even if it's sort of like a flashback or um, I just really like it. 
and, and I don't know, because so when I was a kid, I read loads of fantasy stuff. Um, I didn't really read that sort of stuff, but I just really find those times interesting. And like I think I said somewhere else, like, like anything before, there's a period where I feel fairly comfortable writing in, in the sort of Victorian period to now, I suppose. But anything before that, I feel really uncomfortable, like with sort of powdered wigs and cork moles and all that sort of stuff. I, I feel really out of my depth, even though I wear that stuff, you know, um, most of the time. Um, so, but but that sort of Victorian period, I really like, um, just because it was on the cusp of so many things, you know, and science. They thought science would penetrate everything. Um, and so I'm sort of drawn to that. I find it really interesting, you know. Um, I'm trying to come up with one. I, I'm really interested in Victorian magic, so I'm trying to kind of um, craft some sort of story around that at the moment. Um, is there any genre or topic that you'd never write? Um, no, really. I, I mean, I'm not... I, I don't know, because I like to sort of try anything. Um I don't know if there'll be anything off like I suppose sci-fi I'd feel sci-fi fantasy maybe weird because that's stuff I read all the time when I was a kid. But but oddly I, I can't sort of I can't see it in my mind, you know, when, when sort of sort of switching that stuff on and think, well, you know, what am I gonna write about? That stuff never figures. Um and I can't sort of see a way I would I would sort of do it. You know, that, that would be realistic. I don't know. It just, just doesn't sort of, not that I don't like it, um, but I don't feel able to do it. And um, since you started writing, have you ever read a book and thought, I give up? I can't ever do that. I can't match this. Um, oh, yeah. Well, probably all the time. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's like everything. I mean, the, the, yeah, the Shadow of the Wind, that series, you read those and you just think that this is amazing. Um, the, the idea of this library of forgotten books, it's such a good idea, you know, the, the, the sort of cemetery of forgotten books and all these stories weaving into it. And you can read the books in any order and they make sense. I just think that that's incredible. And, and so, but I, it doesn't make me sort of want to, yeah, I don't think I can match it. <laughs> um, but, but I kind of just try and do what I can do, you know. Um, that, that, that's the thing. There's obviously some people that are just, you know, geniuses, um, and you just got to go, wow, that's amazing, be blown away, um, get up, dust yourself off, um, <laughs> and do what you can, and, you know, just, just sort, of, sort of try and be... Uh, I, think, I think the important thing is just to keep going at it, you know, and um, in, enjoy writing, and don't, don't worry. That there's always going to be people that are amazing. That's what's fun about it, you know. It'd be pretty boring if you were the best one, wouldn't it? <laughs> um but yeah, definitely regularly. Yeah, every time I read more or less, I think yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, someone's holding a gun to your head and telling you you have to give up either writing or music. Which one would you choose? Oh no! Um, there's it's no other me option. as well. It's me holding the gun, so you know I'd fire. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Totally. Um, I don't know. Uh, I can't answer that. I, I think I'd, I'd probably. If I had to do that, I'd probably ask you to pull the trigger. I have to do both because they feed off each other. So if I didn't do one, the other one wouldn't work. So it'd just be, well, shoot me in the head. 
decision. And I know you would. You go, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bloody not answering my questions again, for God's sake, man. Yeah, well, I can't answer it. Can I? You're giving me a question I can't answer. So I've come up with a different solution, like like Captain Kirk. I don't believe in no-win scenarios. Actually, you don't know that because you don't watch Star Trek, but I know that. Because I'm not a geek. <laughs> I'm too busy reading. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah, have yeah, time okay. for telly. <laughs> this is why when you ask if I've watched a film, generally the answer is no. No, I, 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 I used to sort of really, yeah, I haven't been to the cinema or anything for years, you know, but... Um, I, I think now I, I prefer more interested by books, to be honest. I think most of the time you see a, a new film that comes out, and it's like, but but books, you know, <laughs> way more interesting. Um, yeah, still really slow though. Uh, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the first record you ever bought? First record, um, concert. Well, no, no one's going to know this unless they're jazz fans, but um, concert by the sea. By Errol Garner. So Errol Garner was he was a brilliant pianist. Um, he was totally self-taught. Um, uh, start, I think. He, I mean, his career started in the twenties, um, but he had this particular style that was unique to him. And he used to never tell the bass player, the drummer, what he was going to play. He would just start, and, and any footage of him is hilarious because he just starts to play, and um, they just have to sort of find what he's doing and you know, catch up with them. But Concert by the Sea was absolutely amazing concert that he did in California. And it was one of the first things I heard as a kid that really turned me on to music. Um, and um, I was hooked after that, you know, and it was great. And he used to grumble when he played. So it sounded really weird when I was young. It's just like, you know, sort of playing the piano. But uh, amazing, you know. So that, that was my first record, Concert by the Sea. Um, if you were to sw- switch places with a superhero for a day, who would you switch with? Uh, Iron Man, because I quite like the gadgetry. I wouldn't be able to work any of it, because obviously, um, you know, I could barely unlock my phone, but I do like the idea of having all that tech. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably fly into a building and demolish it. <laughs> what do you mean, probably? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I would, yeah. <laughs> Um, if I were to ask your nearest and dearest what your most annoying habits are, what would they say? <laughs> uh, I've got an absolutely terrible memory. Um, so, you know, I forget pretty much everything. <laughs> um, so recycling doesn't get done. Um, you know, food gets burnt when I'm sort of um, thinking about writing something or playing something on the piano. So it's probably that, really. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I forget to write it down. Then I'll forget where I left a bit of paper, you see, so. Yeah, that was annoying me as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty organised, but, yeah, no, I, I, I'll forget things. Um, yeah, terrible. You must, I mean, you've got two kids and you teach uh-huh. in, like, yeah, yeah, three different places and yeah. you do, you write and you do your gigs. Like, you must be fairly organised to keep up with and be in the right place at the right time and get the kids to the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's <laughs> well, yeah, it does work more or less. I think um, I know that, but that's that's habits, that's routine. So that that goes to a different part of my brain. Um, and the kids do mostly get to school. Yeah, no, no, we're pretty good with that. Um, 
clad in the appropriate clothing, you know, um, shoes that fit. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's that's um, probably my wife is maybe more <laughs> to thank for that. Uh, or they'd just be wearing the stuff they came out of the hospital in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless them, poor things. I feel sorry for them. No, I'm joking. They're very cute. <laughs> one of my, um, yeah, one of my friends that they're, they're <laughs> he'd, his, his mum said, you've got to bring him quickly, put him in appropriate clothes. He couldn't find anything, so he had like a cape off a Toyota, so he wrapped the baby in that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it works, I guess. <laughs> got a hood, you know. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I've seen um, people like use teddy clothes and stuff, which is quite sweet. Yeah. Yeah, whatever works, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think I've asked you and you've actually talked about your book, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to talk to us about. No, I think you've done great. Thank you very much. Thank you for another interview. That was cool. It was a real pleasure. You're very welcome. So would you just like to remind everyone where they can find out more about you, where they can find your terrible puns and where they can get your books from? <laughs> yeah. So terrible puns can be found on Facebook. Um, pretty much now I've got the whole writing community involved. So that's easy. Um, you can find out more about me from my website, www.guygarden.uk. And also if you go on the City Stone Publishing, um, then there's lots of details of books to come um there as well and if they wanted to find out more about your music uh that's also my website um so yeah any stuff i'm doing is coming up there um and that, that's the main source of all things guy gardner basically which i would highly recommend to everybody <laughs> as well as guy's books Thank i've you. read a little bit of india and it's beautiful and i fell in love with it completely and I've heard guys' music and it's beautiful. So I'd recommend Thank it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Take care.